0: and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi, everybody. So this one, I I really wanted to, I I spoke to uh, parents, this awesome people, who we had a great conversation earlier today, and one of the challenges that they were facing is something that I know is so, so common for you guys. Um, and that's the fact that your in-laws, your parents, other relatives, maybe your sister and her husband, or, you know, we've already talked about whether or not your spouse or partner um, is on board with understanding the trait. so we're not going to cover that today. But I'm talking about extended family, uh, people who you love, who you trust, or, um, or you at least have to like. <laughs> try to um and and what to do when you have a relationship with someone whom you care about and they don't understand the highly sensitive personality trait and and so i was compelled to have this conversation today because of my earlier conversation with with a couple parents but i know I know that, um, they're not alone, that this is a thing guys. And, um, so, so for some of you, it could be very well that, uh, you've got some old school relatives and they're just talking about, you know, I'll just, you know, spank your kid or some other, um, parenting strategy that never worked, doesn't work, isn't going to work. Research shows it doesn't work. Um, But they, you know, these, so these are, these are people who, and um, no judgment here, right? These are just people who just don't understand that their perspective isn't freaking helpful. So um, what I want to do is help you guys. Walk away with a couple of, of tools to help you, but also to understand and, and get some power for yourselves as parents. Parenting a highly sensitive kid because um it's hard, really hard. And um I said that pretty matter of factly. I hope you don't think take that's uh flippant. Um it's really hard. And when you try to find support from your family members or from your extended family or, or from somebody else whom you you love and trust. And they say something that just isn't helpful, like just spank them or just put them in timeout or just what, you know, why do you let them whine or just tell them to be quiet or just tell her to, you know, stop being so dramatic, like all that crap that just doesn't, work so like you want to just throw your shoe at them um but you're you know a civilized human and so you don't do that um (laughs) and so in your head you picture cursing or whatever so here's what we're going to talk about today you know what to do how to talk to them how to understand what works and and why but also, you know, recognizing that you can't change everybody's mind because part of it is is knowing that parenting a highly sensitive kid, even if you're highly sensitive for yourself, you're going to need to build the skill of advocacy. And so that means toughening up and not from a place of, you know, uh, saying, you know, tough kid or tough to everybody else. Like that's not the kind of tough I'm talking about. I'm talking about building a Teflon heart. Um, Now, if you're like me and you scratch your Teflon pans, (laughs) take this with a grain of salt. But what I'm talking about here is understanding that you are allowing other people's emotions, other people's opinions, other people's perspectives on life just be theirs and not feeling like you have to convince everybody else to get on board with your manner of parenting, with your perspective of understanding your child with the science that demonstrates that the highly sensitive personality trait is found in over a hundred different species and that this has been something that's been studied since the 60s. So it's not some random ass fad. You're not making it up. Um, There are some people that you won't be able to change, but you can change how you relate to them and you can change how you advocate. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, and there are some people who you'd be able to, with information, get them to get on board. And so maybe that be, means that, um, you know, you lovingly pull up this video and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Are you willing to consider hearing me out? Um, and so if you're a relative watching this next to the relative who needs you to, to get on board, um, hi. <laughs> Megan, nice to meet you. I've been helping parents figure this out for the last 10 years. And I've um, got a, I've got some degrees as well, as well as personal experience that help make that happen. So and professional experience, so um, they can tell you more about that. It's not the purpose of this video. Get down to get down to business here, guys. What we're talking about is understanding that some people are born sensitive, and what that means is that for them in life, it, it feels like they're going through life without skin. Now think of that, if you don't have your typical body armor that keeps you from not bleeding every time you experience pain, or you know, you get whacked, um, that's going to suck and it's going to hurt a lot more than if you had skin. And so right I mean <laughs> it's just a fact of the matter right if you have no skin it's going to hurt more if you get if you bump right and so your child being highly sensitive and if they don't have the skills to manage it and they're experiencing daily meltdowns then your child is living life as if they don't have skin and so if you wrap your head around that and you you're on board you're here you're figuring out um Maybe you've watched the webinar by now. You've booked a call. If you haven't, I don't know why. You've got to figure this out. Um, but if you figure that out and you're trying to get your in-laws or your sister or your, you know, other loved one who means a lot on board, this metaphor is so, so helpful because emotional skin is the ability to take in what somebody is saying and say, Not buying it. I don't have to own that. You know, so so say, for example, um, you say you can't have a cookie before dinner. Your child in that moment feels so hurt that they emotionally don't have the skin to let that bounce off of them, that disappointment, bounce off of them and, and, you know, and move on. And so what that means is that every time they feel disappointed, they are literally being, like, rubbed raw. It's raw. That motion is raw. It's painful. It's a major explosion. And without skills to literally know how to build skin, it's going to perpetuate. And, um, and so, look, you can believe it. And you can choose not to believe it, but what's true, what we know to be true, is that your child's struggling. So my question to you for this, you know, for your, for your in-laws is, is believing that your child is just like every other kid, just like the 80% of the world who's not sensitive, is that changing anything? Has it in the last four, five, six, seven, eight years that you've been parenting? Because if it hasn't, then why do you keep believing that belief? Guys, a belief is just something that we keep telling ourselves over and over again. It's literally, we turn it into the truth because we feel like it. Because our brain thought that was a good idea. Just like people believe that working out is hard and then they change their mind about it and they start working out, and they start enjoying it, then they believe, they start believing more that it feels better to be healthy. And that's a great belief. And so they keep telling themselves that over and over again. And what do you do, what do you know? They, work, they wake up, they work out, okay? So the belief that your kid is not sensitive is just that. It's not a fact. It's just a belief. So you can help them change their mind or you can advocate for them to just own their belief not as truth, okay? And, uh, and and build that Teflon, Teflon heart for yourself. So what we're thinking about and we're understanding here in terms of supporting you in managing the opinions of others is knowing full well that you don't have to take on anybody else's opinions. Especially if they're not helpful. So if your in-laws opinion is that your kiddo just needs to suck it up and you tried that and it didn't work, you don't have to fight that belief and then believe doubt that you didn't try hard enough in making your kid suck it up. Like you don't have to own that. Not at all. You can decide and stay, stay in that decision that trying to get your kid to suck it up didn't work. And so you're done with that idea. And so own that. Like allow yourself to feel that emotion that of relief in your heart. That that's okay to have. The next piece about this is, is knowing how to advocate. And knowing how to understand it. And part of it is is really educating people on the fact that the, that the, the highly sensitive personality trait is found in one in every five people that's 20 percent. that means if you have a family of five one of you is likely highly sensitive in a family of four it's very very possible that one of you is highly sensitive it's also genetic so if you notice somebody who is who's older than you you know maybe a distant relative or an older relative who's more old school but who also tends to be all the derogatory terms we call sensitive people, dramatic, explosive, can't take a joke, then guess what? It's likely that they fit the personality trait, and it's likely that that perspective led them down their path of struggling to hold down a job, or struggling with alcoholism, or other drug use, or struggling to build healthy relationships, and so when we take that perspective, we start to understand it, then we know so, so importantly that we are making the right choice to raise our kids differently. So when we, we stay in that awareness, then you need to tell yourself that a couple of times more than once before you go get together with this person whom you know and, and trust, this in-law, or, you know, extended family member. Because part of getting, getting support and changing this dynamic could very well mean that you need, you need your family members to understand the trait. And so you got to explain the science. you got to understand it and say, you know, look, the, the, the trait is called sensory processing sensitivity. It's been researched with that name since the 90s. It's been researched as a biological sensitivity since the 60s. So it's almost 2020, guys. That means that this trait has been researched for almost 80 years. Holy snap. In some way, shape or form. And uh, for 30 years with the actual um, phrase, you know, sensory processing sensitivity, which is now, you know, in layman's terms or in popular terms called the highly sensitive personality trait. So, this is old news. You know, the internet's just helping you catch up. Um, so know that, know that, that that's number one. Number two, um, number two is understanding that when you change the environment, for a sensitive person, you change the internal response of that sensitive person so that they thrive. So, uh, using negative parenting strategies or negative, um, I don't even want to call them parenting strategies because they're not, like negative interaction patterns like hitting, aka spanking your kids, um, but negative parenting strategies like timeout, etc., creates negativity in your kids. There's no, there's no formula that, you know, a negative experience creates a positive experience, especially not for a sensitive child. It doesn't get them to toe the line, which for some people might feel like positive. It doesn't get them to feel better about themselves. It doesn't get them to feel their feelings differently. It doesn't get them to see the possibilities in the world. It just doesn't. So know that too. Believe that truth. So guys, you should be taking notes. This is good stuff. Lastly, the understanding that when we think about the research, that teaching your kid what they should be saying differently, you know, Okay, what did i say how are you supposed to ask for help you know practicing that stuff um that doesn't always cut it you know especially if you're just focusing on changing your kid and how they relate to the world so uh, again goes back to the the concept of of um of, of understanding that the environment has to change in order for your kid to change which is different than 80% of the population. You can focus on teaching skills and and changing the kid, changing how the kid relates to the world. And then they relate to the world differently. So no matter what comes at them, they relate differently because they have the inner tools. Now guys, highly sensitive people cannot build inner tools if there's chaos overstimulating them. Just doesn't work. Um, You know, even, you know, personal relationships. I can talk to my sister till she's blue in the face about not saying something a certain way to my mom uh, in order to you know advocate for herself but um, if she's overstimulated when I'm talking to her it's in one ear out the other she can't even repeat what I just said and um, and that's my own damn fault for trying to lecture her so I stopped doing that a while ago you know, years ago um, but... Recognize that that like even for you if you're highly sensitive or if if you've met any other adults who are just in their feelings in that moment, and especially highly sensitive adults, you can't talk to them and teach them something new. Like they just won't be able to digest it at the level of intensity and depth that a highly sensitive person digests everything and then churn it back out and spit it out and make it an applicable skill for next time. It's just not possible. So I really want you guys to tap into this because if you're pissed off and somebody tells you what to do next time so that you're not pissed off next time, how likely, scale of one to ten, shoot it in the chat, how likely are you to remember when they taught you that while you were pissed off what you should do next time? Ten meaning likely, one meaning, you know, zero meaning it. I don't want to hear what she has to say, I'm pissed. Notice that, guys, and, and, and notice that when you're upset okay negative emotion whether it's anger sadness whatever somebody's trying to teach you in that moment when you're sad when you're upset how likely are you to remember that skill and practice it and put it into place next time you're sad what are you gonna do you're gonna get sad the same old way you usually get sad you're gonna get mad the same old way you usually get mad why because they're trying to teach you in the moment and in the moment is not a teachable moment. And so when that happens, you get stuck, they get stuck, and your child's stuck. Okay? So using that metaphor could, could be another way to, to, to teach, spread doubt in the mind of a relative who's not yet on board and understanding the highly sensitive personality trait. Asking questions like, is it possible that the way you raised me, your kids, um, you know, the, your personal experiences don't apply to everyone? And if you can get them to say yes by asking questions like that, then you can start. To, churn away their certainty that they know what's best for your kid without coming at them from mama bear mode of like, I know what's right. Don't tell me how to parent my kid. And even if it's, even if that's not how you're talking to them, I mean, they're your relative, who knows? (laughs) We hope not. Right. Um, But. The internal energy, the focus of your conversation. If you're trying to teach right away, then you're not going to get anywhere. So you got to induce doubt, and um, that's some 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 ninja stuff there, guys. Um, some mind trick stuff that you're doing for for you know in order to assert yourself. You have to be able to help other people get out of their own certainty and into willingness to learn and that's not something you can do in one conversation Uh, but if you're working with somebody who is willing to think or toy with the idea that they don't know what they don't know then you can help them learn and you can you know my videos for them and 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 get them to see that this needs to change and what they are trying what they've already tried didn't work and and, you know if they're interacting with your kid in any way you know caretaking or or you know just spending time with family um and they try their way and it doesn't immediately turn your kid around then it's not i mean granted, obviously, you know, if, if you've got a relative who says spank your kids, like don't let them spank your kid to show them that spanking your kid doesn't work. Like that's not what I'm getting. But if you can, if you can help people see through, you know, what I was talking about today, so we're wrapping up. Um, if you can help people see that they might not have all of the answers, then you can get them to want to learn. Um, and that's really what gets relatives to consider learning from you or you know, starting to educate themselves more and understand that if if this is a huge barrier to you moving out of feeling so stuck, then the focus needs to instead. Be on, regardless of what your relatives say, learning what works with your kids. Stop asking them for advice. Stop bringing up the challenges as well because that just elicits advice that you don't want. And seek support from someone who knows what they're talking about. And who has been able to help you or or has been able to, to help other parents move out of this dynamic in a way that doesn't create shame for your kid. Because any phrase that starts with, you just need to do more X, is shaming. And so they're either shaming you. Or they're shaming your kid and um because guys if it was if it was that easy you, you'd do it already it'd be done so you wouldn't be you wouldn't be listening to me you wouldn't you wouldn't need that support you wouldn't be dealing with everyday meltdowns or outbursts or stuckness or frozen out you know episodes whatever you want to call it and um and so that so to recap what we talked about, you really got to understand that part of your job is to know that if you know what works for your kid and you have a systematic plan to implement then and you can you can stand in that certainty and 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 and, and be certain about that because you've used it or you're following or you're getting help directly from somebody who who knows how to fix this problem then it's a lot easier to find your circle of people who you can gripe to uh, when, you're, when your relatives are like pulling about what works, what they think you need to do differently. Um, that's one piece. The next piece is being able to figure out how to speak to the science in a way that is digestible. Um, and, and naming that this trade has been researched for nearly 80 years and was named 30 years ago, but but um, before that, my math is off. From so adding those 60s, from the 60s to the to 1920, that's forty sixty 60 years, sorry, not 80, 60 years. I still think it's 2000 when I do math and somebody says 90s, I'm like, oh, 10 years ago. it's almost 2020 guys can you believe it that's crazy okay research has been going on since the 60s on sensitivity biological sensitivity in humans research on the sensory processing sensitivity named as it was was coined in the 90s by Elaine Aaron Dr. Elaine Aaron and then that research spread and and had been you know, tracked in other research circles. You know, people who study animals don't always talk to people who study humans. So they compiled the research of people who studied animals. They realized that sensitivity is tracked in all one hundred over a hundred different species. And then people who were studying sensitive people, you know, researchers who are studying sensitive people, you know, found that and then they started telling this, you know, those of us that are experts in, in this field and and then You know, everybody's minds were blown because we understand that it's not some random, you know, parenting name, uh, and we understand that it's a trait that's found in over a hundred different species. Guys, um, there are there are other neurological disorders that are just specific to humans, Um, autism spectrum disorder, ADHD. Um, you know, we could name more of them. Sensory processing sensitivity is found over a hundred different species, flies, you know, other animals. I'm not going to name the list. Um, how much more legit than uh, in that can you get, you know, like there's so many people who just think like, you know, oh, a mental health disorder is, um, is, you know, Is bull crap. Like, you just need to soften up and and suck it up. That's old school stuff, right? Um, But when we're talking about an evolutionarily important trait to keep the species alive, it's like saying humans are, you know, have two legs, we stand upright, Um, but like, that's not important. That's not a real thing. Guys, our species evolved to include sensory processing sensitivity because it does something important for us. Just like our species evolved to stand upright. You know, sooner or later, we're all going to be crunched back because we're all going to be typing soon. And then we'll be like, that's important. We need to, you know, zap our brands into the computer. That's another story. Our hip flexors are getting tighter, whatever. Um, but guys... The species evolved and kept this part of the tree. Our species evolved and kept complaining as important because it sounded alarm bells. Our species evolved and kept love because it keeps the family together keeps the babies alive when we love our babies and then they grow up to have more babies and they love their babies Um, and so emotions are evolutionarily important getting in the danger zone fight flight freeze is evolutionarily important and if your child has fallen into that pattern on a daily basis or multiple time basis their alarm bells are going off And telling you that something's not working and that you need to fix it because they are in danger. That's what humans were born to do or built to do. And we have to fix part of that emotional expression, but there's no way teaching a coping skill is going to teach your child that they are emotionally safe. Not if the environment Feels like they're being chased by bears. Whether that's be from, you know, yelling or feeling like there's nobody out um, in their corner or uh, nobody understands them. No way, shape, or form, guys, that that part of the body and the brain of your child is going to change. Um, and so when you operate from that understanding that emotions have an evolutionarily important purpose and that we can't, you know, reward sticker your way out of that, and you can't uh, time out your way out of that, and you can't spank your kid out of that, and you can't, um, re- you know, give your, se- give your child something to work for, you know, hang video games over their head, then you can understand and, and teach other people, especially your relatives, that... Your child is hurting and they are going through life without skin. And you don't build skin by creating more pain. That's scar tissue. Scar tissue makes you less open to sharing your emotions. Way different than keeping it together because you feel calm, capable, confident, and secure. Way different, huge difference. So um, that's it because I know you guys have uh, have the need to ensure you, you digest this information while also parenting kids with significant needs and big emotions. So I'm going to sign off again. Um, let's get on the phone. Let's figure out what's not working, what's really sucking about trying to get yourselves out of this emotional turmoil um especially if you have no emotional support from your relatives because that is super isolating and um see if i can help you fix it you've got to be ready you got to be confident that you don't need to live like this anymore you got to be committed this takes a lot of work we're retraining the brain guys we're retraining your brain We're retraining your kid's brain i mean that's not something you can just like slap a some, you know, some some deep breath books, children's books on. Um and um and anybody who says that it's it's that simple and that you could just like start, you know, Pinteresting coping skills, they're um they either don't know enough about how to fix this problem, or they think they're doing what's necessary to fix the problem and they're missing a lot. And like that to me is scary that's some pretty scary stuff. So, um, don't make that mistake guys. Don't, uh, don't, don't, um, don't keep living like this. You don't have to. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five, S-T-E-P-S meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.